Welcome, I'm Nestor Flores, the pastor of Dayspring Church in Mission Hills, California. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. I want to invite you to learn more about Dayspring Church by visiting our website, dayspringmh.org. We trust that if you open your heart, God will speak to you and you'll know how to live a life with God at the center that will result in a blessed life. This message will inspire, build your faith, and help you to know God better. Enjoy the message. How's everybody doing? Good. We, I hope that everyone had a great Christmas. Uh, my wife and I had a fantastic Christmas. We shared that we are having our first baby. So, um, yeah, we're, we're very excited about that. Um, you know, we, we, we got to share with the family, spend with the family. Um, and now today, you know, I get to be here with you guys. And um, I'm excited. And I know it's the last Sunday and not a lot of people come, but we're still going to knock the roof off this place, right? Let's go ahead and pray. Lord, we, we thank you for such a wonderful year that we had. Uh, we had trouble and, and we were pressed, Lord, yet we grew. We grew into the person that you created us to be, and we got closer to being just like you, Lord. And so we thank you for all the blessings, all the tough times that we had this year. Lord, I ask that it may be your word that preaches and that transforms our lives today. And I thank you for, for everyone in this room. In your mighty name we pray. Everyone says? Amen. Amen. I titled my message today, Not According to Plan, and I wanted to kind of start off by asking you guys if, um, if you've ever had plans that were just a complete failure. You know, last year around this time, my wife and I, it was my first kind of, uh, you know, vacation where I had like two weeks off and it was paid. It was great. It was like my, you know, my first real job ever. And, um, and we were excited and we did, all, we did all these plans. We planned trips. We planned, uh, you know, get togethers with friends. And it so happened that on Christmas Day, we got COVID. And all of our plans went out the window. And I was so frustrated. And I was so sad that our plans had just failed. And I think it's interesting, right, that failed plans come in many forms. They come in small. They come big. You know, they can be small, like maybe you plan to go to a restaurant and you get there and it's closed. Has that ever happened to you? Kind of like Chick-fil-A on Sundays? But they could be big, too. Maybe, maybe you planned out a career and it hasn't worked out yet. But today I want to talk to you about failed plans and when things don't go, don't go according to plan because it, it, it happens to us often, right? It's kind of a part of life where things don't go according to plan. And we read verses, and, and when you walked in, you should have received a bulletin, and inside that bulletin is an outline where you could follow me along. But you, we read verses like there in your outline in Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. But what happens when that plans, when those plans seem like they aren't full of hope? And future. What do we do when things don't go according to plan? And I believe that we need to know uh, how to navigate this, not only because it's a big part of life, but we need to know how to react towards it. 
Because they end up being one of our biggest regrets. Why? Well, when things don't go according to plan, we don't get what we want, right? And when we don't get what we want, we get angry. And when we get angry, we make decisions that we end up regretting. And so I want to talk about unplanned or, or, or plans that don't go according to plan in three big areas in our life. And, and, and I, I want to dive in kind of quickly because I want to get you guys out of here. And, and, and it's kind of, you know, a lot, but um, I hope you guys like me better for it. So. <laughs> so the first one is, and you can fill this out in your outline, is how to respond when things don't go according to plan first in our relationships. And you can fill that out in your outline, in our relationships. First Samuel 24, 1 through 7, and they'll be on the strings as well. It says, when Saul returned from following the Philistines, he was told, see, David is in the desert of Engedi. Then Saul took 3,000 chosen men from all Israel and went to find David and his men in front of the rocks of the wild goats. He came to the places where the sheep were kept on the way. There was a cave there, and Saul went to get in uh, went in to get rid of his body waste. I don't think we need more interpretation. Now David and his men were sitting further back in the cave. David's men said to David, see, this is the day the Lord told you. See, I am about to give the one who hates you into your hand. You will do to him what you think is best. And just a little context to David's story. When David was a very young boy, he was anointed to be the next king of Israel uh, through the prophet Samuel. And so David was given a promise that he would eventually be the king of Israel. And so a plan was set in place for David. A promise was given to David. And in and, and those times, and probably still today, uh, the only way to really become the next king of somewhere, it was either you were born to a king and your dad was a king, or you were appointed by the king, the king would make you the next king, or you would kill the king. And so you, you would become king. And so for David, uh, it, it was for sure not going to be, you know, through birth because his dad wasn't, uh, Saul wasn't his dad. And for years, David had actually been serving uh, Saul for, for, for many years. He would win battles for him. He, he would play instruments for him. And, and he even gained the people's love and, but in spite of all of that, Saul yet still hadn't, you know, there was no really plans for Saul to make David king. In fact, it said, we just read that Saul actually hated David. And so the only option left was to kill him, right? And so we continue. It says, David, then David got up and cut off a piece of Saul's clothing in secret. After this, David felt guilty in his heart because he had cut off a piece of Saul's clothing. So he said to his men, may the Lord not let me put out my hand against my leader, for he is the Lord's chosen one. David stopped his men with these words. He did not let them go against Saul. So Saul stood up and left the cave and went on his way. You know, David's relationship with Saul did not go at all planned. Didn't go at all how he thought would go, right? When you're, when you're giving a promise when you're a kid, oh, you're going to be the next king. You would think, right? You, you know, it, it's kind of like 
like in my career, like I'm a pastor and someone tells me, oh, you're going to be the next pastor of this church. And, and on the contrary, the pastor like, you know, hates me and wants to kill me. It's kind of like not going to happen through there, right? <laughs> and in fact, after David did all of that for, for, for Saul, Saul did the opposite. Saul actually got jealous and, and hated David and was hunting him and wanted to kill him. And, and what's interesting is that David shares about this during this time and experience in the book of Psalms. And, and you know, he's in anguish and, and he doesn't know how to describe what he's feeling. And he's frustrated because Saul was hunting him. And so David's relationship with Saul was not going according to plan. But yet look at how David responded, right? And see, there's two ways really in, in relationships where things don't go according to plan. And, and you can fill this out in your outline. And the first is kind of the indirect. The indirect. This is usually when you're with someone. You ever had a day where you have all these plans, but everything seems to be going wrong? Who do you usually take it out on? The person you're with, right? And usually it's like your kids, parents, your spouse. Uh, recently, my wife and I had a day where we had this awesome day plan, you know, and it just seemed like everything, one thing after another just kept going wrong. We, we took the wrong exit. We went the wrong way. And, and then some more plans came into our, like, day, and now we couldn't do that, and we were stressed out. And so tension started to kind of bubble, right? And I noticed, you know, and in my head, I was trying to prepare myself. And I was like, okay, this is, don't, don't lose it. You'll be fine. Uh, but I did notice that my wife started, she's pregnant. Um, and so she started to kind of boil up. Um, and, you know, it was a little, little attitude in her undertone. And, and, um, <laughs> and I didn't know how to, you know. But in my head, I, I kept telling myself, don't, don't let this get out of control. It's okay. It's okay. We're going to be fine. And, and, and I just kind of let her, you know, continue. Uh, but I had to decide that regardless of things not going according to plan in our day, I couldn't let that affect us, affect our relationship. Because all that's going to be, that's going to end up happening is that we're just going to blame each other, right? You shouldn't have planned so much today anyway. You know? We say irrational things. And, and, and interestingly enough, you, you want to know how to avoid fights like on a Sunday morning? Now, I learned this the hard way is you wake up earlier. So that's the indirect. It's like when things don't go, go according to plan and you're with someone and then, you know, you just get upset at each other, right? And the next one is the direct. You can fill that out in your outline, the direct. This is usually when the person themselves don't go according to plan. And, you know, maybe you're thinking, what do, what do I mean? But you ever had to prepare yourself before going to go see someone? Usually, like, during holidays, going to see family you haven't seen in a while, maybe a, a, a get-together. And you, you kind of have to give yourself like a pep talk, right? You're like, you're not going to let them get under your skin. 
you're just not going to let them affect you. You know, you kind of pump yourself up. You're like, that's just the way they are. And you get there, and your little pep talk goes out the window, right? (laughs) See, because even though you think you're planning yourself out, you're actually planning them out. You're, you're, you're planning them out. And this is because of expectations. See, we have expectations of other people. And most of the time, they don't behave, they don't act, and they don't say the things that we believe that they should say, right? Things don't go according to plan. And this could be big or small. It could be small, like, like maybe, maybe they kind of gave you a little bit of attitude. Maybe they kind of raised your, their voice at you, and you're like, who are you raising your voice at me? And it could be really big, like, like maybe you, you married someone and, and you thought that they had goals and you, you planned out that they were hardworking. Maybe you were like, they're, they're, they're nice. And they actually aren't. You know, it baffles me how, like, you know, when we're young and girls are dating, you know, the, the, the jock or the, the very big, handsome guy. And, 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 and she's, she's like, he's the sweetest guy ever, yet he's a jerk to everyone else. And then later in life, they get surprised that, like, he's, he's not the nicest person. You know, people will hardly ever go as we plan them to be because they're people. And people are not only imperfect, but they're different. I'm sorry to be the one to give you this sad news today, but not everyone thinks like you. Not everyone is like you. That's why it bugs me. Like, there's this kind of narcissist behavior, right? When, when you're like, um, uh, you know, have you ever been like with, with a group and maybe you're like, oh, man, like, I love tomatoes. And someone's like, really? Must offend you, right? Like, you like tomatoes? Gross. You're gross. And you're like, <laughs> See, everyone's different. Some people like pickles. I've even heard stories of people eating pickles just like that. (laughs) And so people are different. We can't impose our expectations or how we think that other people should behave, how they should act, what they should say, because people are different and they're imperfect. And that's a good thing. But how do we respond when people don't go according to plan? We have empathy. We have empathy. And empathy leads to forgiveness. And I think this first kind of point is so important. It's because it's the one that we have the least control over. It's other people. It's relationships. The other next two points we have a lot of control over, but this one is so difficult, right? Because we can't control other people. We, don't, we can't plan other people. Nobody wakes up the next day and is like, you know what? Today I feel like getting cut off. And, and I, I just feel like pressing my brakes really hard and, and giving myself whiplash. Nobody plans that. Nobody says that, right? It just happens because it comes from other People, but look at what Colossians 3.13 says. It says, bear with each other. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. You know, our relationships, 
They would be so much more fulfilling if we simply try to put ourselves in other people's shoes. And that's what empathy is. When someone cuts you off, maybe, maybe they're in a hurry to get somewhere important. And when, when someone is rude to you or has an attitude, maybe, maybe they got really bad news that morning. Or, or when someone gossips about you, maybe they're just dealing with some really serious self-esteem issues. Do we ever think about what, maybe what the other person might be going through? And so things hardly ever go as planned with other people in our relationships. But the more empathy that we have, the more that we can forgive and the more that we can have thriving relationships. Don't we all want that? So the next is in in our own lives. Kind of a tongue twister. The second one is in our own lives. Luke 15, 11 through 16. This is the story of the prodigal son. And, you know, we usually focus on the, the section where the prodigal son comes back, and it's an amazing story, right? But look at, I want to focus kind of like at the beginning. And It says, Jesus continued, There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. In other words, telling his father like that, I wish you were dead and I want, my, I want my share already. So he divided his property between the two sons. And not long after that, the younger son got together all he had and he set off for a distant country. And there he squandered all his wealth in wild living. He went broke. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. Imagine being so hungry that you crave animal food. You know, something that will really mess with our mind, with our psychology, and can really lead us to live a life of bitterness, and it's to end up in a place that we did not plan to end up in. It's to end up in a place in our lives where we did not plan to end up in. You know, and and people say things like, how did I get here? How did I, you know, end up pregnant? Or how did I end up so unhappy in my marriage? Or how did I end up in a job that I hate? How did I end up being so distant from my kids? You know, when we're young and we're, we're, we're in school and, and, and we're, we're growing up, we have dreams, right? We have plans of, and an idea of what our life, what we would want our life to look like, right? We say things like, I want this job. I want to live in this neighborhood. I want to drive this car. I want this many kids. I want this Prince Charming. <laughs> but what happens when those things don't go according to plan. I find it interesting that, you know, when we're dating and we're thinking about getting married, or maybe when, when we're even thinking of dating, we really only think about all the great things, right? All the good things that come out of a relationship or, or out of that other person, right? We don't ever think of like, well, uh, what if my spouse gets injured and, and can never work again? 
What happens to that big career, that big house, that car that we dreamed of? Or what happens if one of us gets sick and now we owe hundreds and thousands of dollars in medical bills? What happens then? Or what happens if maybe your spouse develops some unhealthy addiction and they completely turn into a different person? We don't plan for these things, right? No one plans to have a sick child. You know, we, my wife and I just went to one of our appointments um, this past week, and they gave us kind of, you know, those tests where you test to see if your child is going to have any type of uh, sickness or disease or disability, and they told us a specific disease that uh, we came out negative for, and it reminded me of a friend that I had many years ago, and he had that disease. And I started to think, you know, we heard negative, and we were so grateful, and and grateful to God and happy. But I thought of that time that my friend's parents got the news that he was positive. And I thought that nobody plans for this. But that's life, right? Nobody plans for these things to happen. You know, when I got married, I only thought of the good things. I thought of like, yeah, me and my wife and I are going to have a great time. We're going to have all these things. I never planned for her to, you know, lose her job our first year and lose our housing. And we had to find a place to live. I never planned for, you know, my mom to get cancer or for me to get cancer, almost die of COVID. And, you know, in fact, when, when I went through chemo, the doctors told, told us that I probably wasn't going to be able to have any children because of the chemo. But today, I, I'm healed. And today, we're expecting our first child. I want you to do something. I want you to think of all the moments that you've had in your life where you thought that that was it, where you failed, where, where you lost. The times that you felt like that was it and there was nothing more and Yet, you're still here. You're still here. God still is with you. God still has your back. And I want you to think of how proud you should be of yourself because of all the things that you have gone through. Because let me tell you that life is not fair. Life is not kind. Things do not go according to plan. Yet, God is still good. Come on, you guys deserve some praise and some... So how do we respond, right, when things don't go according to plan in our own lives? There's this awesome proverb, a Chinese proverb that's very famous. Maybe you've heard of it. Uh, And the proverb goes, uh, there's a farmer who had a horse, and the horse ran away. And the whole village told him, wow, you're so unlucky. And the farmer told them, we'll see. And then a few days later, the horse actually comes back, but it comes back with a lot more horses. And and so the the whole town is like, wow, you're so lucky. And the farmer says, we'll see. And a few days later, his son was riding one of the horses, and he fell down, and he broke his leg. And the whole town was like, man, you're really unlucky. And the farmer said, we'll see. And then a few few weeks later, they started drafting uh, for the military to go to war, and his son wasn't able to go because his leg was broken. 
And so the whole town was like, wow, you're so lucky. Your son didn't have to go to war. To which the farmer said, we'll see. You know, joy, joy is not found in here. Joy is found in here because the presence of God lives in here and thrives within you. Joy isn't found out here. So how do we find light in our situations whenever our life doesn't go according to plan? We look to our right and we look to our left. And this isn't about comparison or this isn't even about belittling your situation, but this is to gain perspective. You know what the thought that I recently had is that most people who complain on the internet about all these things in life, they're doing it from a $1,000 phone in a controlled temperature room with food in their fridge and shoes on their feet. Dash Angel Quarry. You know, last year we dealt with cancer, and, I, and I've shared this a few times, and, we, and I had cancer. And, and, you know, most people would be like, wow, at 27, you know, you were 27, and you had cancer, and, like, hey, you had to go through chemotherapy, and it was terrible, and, and believe me, it was horrible. And, and, but, but I didn't let it ruin my marriage, my relationships, even church. I, I was still helping my brother-in-law, and I was like, you know. <laughs> Could barely move, you know, but I was there. And I started to think about something because during around that same time, my mom and I got cancer. And, and it so happened that mine was stage one and we caught it very early. But around the same time, a very loved one, a family member, my aunt, also got cancer. But hers was stage four. And mine was a lymphoma. It's a cancer in the lymph nodes. It's something that's very curable but my aunt was in her stomach. And so I would tell my wife, you know, I would tell her, this is very unfortunate for us, and it, it, it's bad, and this is definitely not what we planned for, and I wish it was different. But we should still be grateful, because it could always be worse. And we had to go through seeing my aunt and, and, and seeing what, you know, she had kids, and a very young girl, 15-year-old, and and seeing my cousin, and I couldn't fathom the thought of losing my mother at a young age. And so that's what they went through, right? See, because there can always be bad. We're here. We're warm, at least, right? We're warm in here. Well, both of us. I want you to think of the things that you have gone through. And yet God is still so good. Yet we still have so much to be thankful for, so much to be grateful for. So we change our perspective. Maybe you didn't think that you would be where you're at now. Maybe your life is very different than what you planned for. Maybe you haven't accomplished some of those goals that you had growing up. Yet God is still good. And the more that we change our perspective, the more that we begin to see the little blessings that we actually have in our lives, we will begin to experience real and true joy. Because I can tell you, just like the farmer said, this too will pass. Good things will pass. Bad things will pass. 
but we can actually experience a joy that no matter what we're going through, we could still have joy. Amen? And the third and last is in our relationship with God. In our relationship with God. Matthew chapter 4, verse 18 through 20. Says Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee. He saw two brothers. They were Simon, his other name was Peter, and Andrew, his brother. They were putting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, follow me, I will make you fish for men. At once they left their nests and followed him. You know, during this story, uh, during these times, you usually ended up doing what your uh, parent did, depending on the gender. And so if you were a fisherman, uh, you ended up being a fisherman. Definitely not like today, which is probably a good thing because being a pastor is not hot in the market right now. (laughs) And that was your life, right? That was your destiny. That was your purpose. I'm a fisherman and that's that. But something that's so good that Jesus did was that he was so good at just completely changing the game. You know? He didn't just win the game. He just changed it. He's like, no, we're playing this. And that's why the Pharisees really disliked them. The Pharisees, they, he got under their skin so much because they had a certain belief of who God was supposed to be. That he cared about the things that they cared about, that, that, that he had the rules that they were imposing, and that God thought the way that, that the Pharisees did. But that wasn't the case. Look at there in your outlines, Matthew 23, 25 to 26. This is Jesus talking to the Pharisees. He says, woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You clean the what? Outside of the cup and dish. But inside, they are full of greed and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisee, first clean the what? Inside of the cup and dish. And then the outside will also be clean. Listen, I don't know for how long you've been a Christian. I don't know how long your walk with God has been. But I can guarantee you that there has been a moment in your walk with God that you have been shown a version of God that was different than what you thought he was, he was like. There has been a moment where you have been shown either through somebody you met at church or maybe a YouTube video or some, something else where, where you have been shown a version of God that is different than what you see him as, right? And this was either closer to who he actually is or maybe even further because everyone has a certain belief of who God is. That's just the way it is because we're all different. That's why we have so many denominations. In fact, even our leadership here at Dayspring has some, you know, small things that we, we, we don't agree with as far as who God is and what he's like. And, and it's not drastic or else they wouldn't let me up here. But, but you know, they're, they're still there. And maybe you were shown that God really cares whether you wear jeans or skirt to church. Maybe you were shown that you know, if you get tattoos, you can't go to heaven. 
Maybe you were shown that sex before marriage is like the most egregious sin of all. Maybe you've even heard things like uh, you haven't gotten healed because you're not praying hard enough. Maybe you've heard things like, uh, oh, that happened to you, you know, miha, because you haven't been to church lately. Maybe you've heard things like, oh, you, you need to be a Republican. And, you know, these experiences, they change how we view God. Or actually, more specifically, people's imperfections, especially within the church, distort the reality of who God actually is. And so many people are scared to give God a shot because they think that God might be like people. And so has your walk with God not gone according to plan? Has your faith been different than what you thought it would be like? Maybe, maybe when you said that prayer for the first time, Jesus, I accept you as my Lord and Savior. Maybe you thought that now only good things would happen. Maybe you thought it would be you know, easier to overcome addictions, easier to stop lying or, or cheating, maybe to even stop cussing. Maybe you thought that all Christians were going to be nice. <laughs> maybe, maybe you've lost someone. Or a loved one got sick. Or you went through physical abuse growing up. And you ask yourself, where are you, God? You begin to ask, where is God in all of this? And I wish that I can be the one to answer all these scenarios for you. I can't. Bet you've never heard a preacher say that, huh? But what I do know is this, is that all of life is going to compete to try to form you into a person that is different than who God says you are. In other words, in other words, the hypocrites in church, right, the Pharisees, the tragedies that happen to us in life, the traumas that we go through, the failed assumptions about God that we have, will all try to change who God created you to be. They will all try to turn you into a bitter, hopeless, regretful person. And what's unfortunate is many times they succeed. You know, when we're kids, we're born with, with a sweet heart, with a gentle, almost innocent heart. And in fact, there are some, uh, some disabilities and sicknesses that when some people become adults, they still have that kind of sweet uh, and gentle heart. But what ends up happening is we go through things. We lose a loved one. We get our heart broken, you know, when we're in a relationship. Uh, we lose a child or a parent or a loved one. We don't, maybe we don't get into the school that we want to get into. We go through some, tri- some type of traumatic experience. In other words, things don't go according to plan. But you know what God is really big on? 
It's not so much necessarily how many days of the week you go to church. It's not necessarily how nice you can say a prayer or how you dress or maybe how many tattoos you have or don't have. In fact, and please don't get mad at me, team. In fact, it's not even so much how nicely you can sing and play in the worship team. You know what God is really big on and really cares about? the inside of the cup. The inside of the cup. So how do we respond when our faith doesn't go as planned? You know, I've heard so many stories. I mean, I haven't been here that long. I don't know, like 10 plus years. But I've heard stories of people who, who end up so bitter at God, at religion, at Christianity, at church, because of an experience that they had in here. You know, maybe they were talked about. Maybe, maybe they had expectations of, of the pastor, and, and he didn't meet up to it. Maybe, uh, maybe they didn't like the music. You know, the, the weirdest reasons people leave, right, and, and, and get hurt. And so that always determines how we end up with our heart, how the inside of the cup ends up being. And so how do we respond when our faith doesn't go on plan? And we focus on cleaning the inside of the cup. Because what's inside will manifest itself in one, how you treat God, in two, how you treat others, and three, how you treat yourself. And some of you are like, well, what do you mean how do you treat yourself? You know, what does that even mean? Well, here's a good example is there are some friends that you have that you wouldn't want your kids to be friends with, yet you still have them. Oh, yeah, I ain't ready for that one. That's for next time. <laughs> we focus on the inside of the cup. You know, guys, life doesn't go as we plan. We have our five-year plans. We, I, I, maybe some of us even have, have a plan for, for the rest of the day, the rest of the week, and, and rarely does it go as planned. But what's so weird and, and almost, almost unexplainable is that God is still in control. God is, it's such a mystery that, you know, the, Maybe we'll fully understand when we're in heaven with him, but yet it's so beautiful at the same time. Deuteronomy 31.8 there in your outline, it says, the Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Wow, what a verse. What a verse that despite the things that we go through, that despite the losses that we have, the pain that we feel, the tears that we shed, that God is still there with us. What an incredible, incredible theological truth. That yes, we hurt. And yes, we feel pain. And maybe you had plans for your kids and it didn't go out that way and maybe you had plans for your marriage and it didn't go that way maybe you even had plans or of where you would be the accomplishments that you would have and the life that you would accomplish and it hasn't gone according to plan yet there is this amazing truth that makes all the difference that god is still god and god is still with us isn't that amazing so just to recap We have more empathy. 
We put ourselves in other people's shoes because people rarely go as planned. Trust me. We have empathy that leads to forgiveness. And then uh, second, sorry, here, let me find my notes. Is that we begin to trust God more and then we focus on cleaning the inside of the cup because it's what the in, what's inside the cup that will actually begin to come out again in our relationship with God, in our relationship with others, and with ourselves. Don't let the surprises that life brings us ruin who God created you to be in your relationships with others, in your relationship with him, and in your relationship with yourself. We hope you enjoyed this message. But before you go, we want to extend an invitation to start a personal relationship with Jesus and declare him your God. No one loves you like Jesus, and no one will impact your life for good like Jesus will. Would you make the following prayer your prayer? Heavenly Father, I repent of my wrongdoing. I open my heart, and I want to have a personal relationship with you. I trust that Jesus died so I could be forgiven, but he didn't stay dead. He rose back to life so I could have eternal life. From today on, I will follow you, transform my life through your truth and love. In Jesus' name, amen. Congratulations. If you made that prayer, God lives in you, and now you have a new life in him. Connect to a church so your faith and love for God can continue to grow. We believe that you can find a loving and encouraging community in Dayspring Church. Come visit us. You belong here. We would love to meet you.